Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians, that's in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 13 through 18 together. We'll read this passage responsively, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet them the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And let's pray. Father, I need you tonight. I need you to help me to help your people. Uh, Lord, what a wonderful truth. You said it's a truth that would bring comfort, not fear. You said it's a truth that would bring calmness and not chaos. May we see the Holy Spirit of God do a work on our hearts and our lives and in our minds, yet may it stir us to action. May it stir us to uh, lead others and witness to others as we walk about this path of life, please. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to talk about the second coming of Christ or the rapture. Now, I, I am going to make some very basic statements to begin with, and then we'll get into the teaching here. But let me say this, there are a lot of misteachings and a lot of misunderstood things. The word rapture is not actually a word that is used in the Bible. Uh, I will use the word rapture. It is the word a snatching away or a calling away is what the word rapture means, which is exactly what takes place in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Now, there are three comings of Jesus in scripture. Listen to this very carefully. He came to Bethlehem's manger to his own. He will come at the rapture for his own. At the end of the seven year tribulation to set up the millennial reign at Armageddon, he comes back with his own to establish the throne. He came to his own. He will come for his own. And then he will come with his own. Does that make sense to everybody? So you have to understand, that's why we would, you'll see the term second coming. First coming was to Bethlehem's manger. By the way, I use this passage a lot at graveside uh, services, at funerals and different things. And I often will say, if I know the person has been saved, uh, and I like this, uh, Dr. Curtis Hudson uh, did this right before he died. He died of cancer. And he said, well, I went to the cemetery and bought me a piece of resurrection ground. 
He said, it's, I'm just kind of renting it because I'm not going to be there forever. One of these days it's going to kick open and I'm coming out of it. He said, so I, I bought me a piece of resurrection ground. Uh, and that kind of gives me, a, as I walk through a cemetery, a different view, amen? Uh, but may I say something? Uh, there, there are some things about the second coming that a lot of people don't understand, and I'm going to help you tonight. Uh, to, today's world waits and often mocks that Jesus will come back. Here's a statement I almost always make and have for about the last three years. If he kept his promise that he would, would come to Bethlehem's manger, why would he not keep his promise and not come at the rapture? They mocked his coming at Bethlehem's manger too. Just because man mocks it doesn't mean that it's not true. Now, uh, the end of... Uh, the rapture, or at the rapture, it's a, just a, a blink of an eye, actually less than that, and we'll talk about that. But uh, at the rapture, at that moment, all of the saved will leave the earth. That's what's going to take place. God says here that the dead in Christ will rise first. The graves will pop open, those who have been saved. Their graves will pop open, their caskets will pop open. What's left of the dust, dirt, and bones are going to resurrect out of there, and they're going to meet the Lord in the air. Now, their body, their spirit, and their soul are already there, but he's going to supernaturally put everything back together. You say, why is that? When you get there, you can ask him. He didn't tell us. I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and speculate what God did not say. Well... There's symbols of this in the Bible, and this is a sign of this, and this is a sign of that. Unless God said it was a sign, <laughs> that's all that is. Uh, but I will say this, nobody knows the hour or the day or the year that it's going to take place. <laughs> there are people that have been predicting the, the rapture. There are people that have sold their houses and everything else, and they knew it was coming, and now they don't have a home. Uh, I, I don't make predictions. I, I don't get into that. You say, are we in the end days? I know we're 2,000 years closer than when they were written down. So I would say, yeah, we're closer. Judging by what I see in Scripture, as of 1948, everything's in place for the, for the Lord to come back. And that's been 75 years. Everything has taken place that needs to take place for the Lord to come back. As of 1948, when Israel became a nation again. Now, uh, I will say this. As we see in the news, the events of China, Libya, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Syria, Russia, uh, Turkey, and Jordan. Uh, we could say that the end is getting a little closer. Uh, now... Uh, are we there? Is it going to be soon? We don't know. That's just like saying, do you know that your end is near? We're all one heartbeat away. We don't know. Uh, I can't tell you. Now, <laughs> don't get mad at me. Hang on. People watch movies that are produced by so-called Christians about the rapture and the tribulation. There's a series out there called Left Behind. Tim LaHaye 
who has been a charismatic for about 40 years, doesn't know any more scripture than the Pope. Amen. Just so you know. Though I applaud his attempt, it's not going to happen anything like left behind. Trust me. Uh, you say, preacher, is it a good thing to watch? I don't. I watched one part of it one time, and I got up about 20 minutes into it and said, I can't put up with this hooey. I said, there's no way. This is all Hollywood. This is all drama. This is all entertainment. There's nothing in scripture that goes with this. And about every 10 minutes, they throw a scriptural thought in there, but everything else is ooky, spooky, weirdo, computers and stuff. Sci-fi. And I, I just, I can't put any weight on it. I can put weight on that book right there. So, well, I want to know what's going to happen. Read the book of Revelation. It'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Now, uh, you don't need Hollywood and Hollyweird and all the rest of them to help you. There's a special interest in people about Bible prophecy and what they call end days. Preachers have been speculating about what is not known in prophecy for years. I mentioned a name this morning. I won't mention it again, but there are others. You have people on the radio and TV, Harold Camping and others who have predicted. It's amazing. He's made seven predictions for the rapture and all seven of them aren't true. Hmm. Uh, now, if we would just get back to the Bible and not worry about anything else. We don't need to waste time speculating about what no one but God knows. I'm going to make a statement. This is going to be maybe the hardest, harshest statement I'll make all night. How about we concern ourselves with what we do know and don't worry about what we don't know? If we get busier about what we do know, what he did give us, we wouldn't be as worried about what we don't know. The reason people want to get into what they don't know is because they want to sound smart to everybody else. It is man trying to show his intelligence about something that he can't prove right or wrong either. Well, I hate to tell you something. If you can't prove it, guess what? You're no better than the Pope. You're no better than a false prophet. I don't get into the speculation stuff. I don't get it. I don't get into uh, the signs, and I don't get into well, this nation and this nation and this nation. And uh, can I tell you something? If that's the case, America is not mentioned in in the alignment of the nations anywhere. Nowhere. So, everybody doing okay? Hang on. Uh, God doesn't want His people afraid of what they don't know. Let me say it this way. God doesn't want his people afraid of what they don't need to know. <laughs> now, let me help you with something. When the rapture takes place, there's going to be an event called the Great Tribulation. It's going to be a seven-year period. While we're in heaven, Antichrist will set up and rule and reign the entire earth under one government, under one uh, one global economy for seven years. There'll be three and a half years of peace and three and a half years of hell on earth. I'll get into that. 
Why is it that Christians are so interested in that seven years that's happening down here that they don't care about what's going to happen to them while they're in heaven? Well, I know, I know this one's going to happen at this time and this one. I know all the, the seven trumpets, the seven vials. I know the seven the seals and I know what each one of those are. I know the, the four riders on the four horses, what the colors are and uh, how much exhaust came out of the horse and everything else. Okay, you can know all those things, but guess what? You're not going to be here to worry about it. So why do you want to waste your time on that instead of what's going to matter to you? Now, uh, I'm going to make a few uh, introductory statements here. God's given us enough information to keep us from fearing and let God take care of the rest. Let's quit asking who the Antichrist is. Nobody knows. Quit worrying about computer chips and artificial intelligence. (laughs) May I say something? (laughs) When so-called sinful man creates artificial intelligence, can you imagine how stupid that really is? (sighs) Quit worrying about what the mark of the beast is. Okay, I grew up in the six. I, I was born in the late '60s. I grew up in the '70s. I remember when barcodes came out. Y'all remember some of you older folks? I remember preachers getting up preaching that that was the mark of the beast. How many of y'all remember hearing preachers say that? Yeah, I, I'm not the only one. Oh, that's the mark of the beast. Going to the store and just swiping a beep, and it tells you exactly what it was. That's the mark of the beast. Don't get a barcode. I remember preachers preaching on that. The devil's in the barcode. I heard sermons, titles like that. Trust me. Uh, man has been speculating way too long. What's that little do-jigger thing, Mrs. Barnes? Yeah, that. now it's a QR code, not a, not a uh, I don't know what those things are. Good night. <laughs> Quit worrying about the temple mount. And whether the Muslims are controlling it or the or the, the, the Jews. Well, I hate to tell you something. What the Jews are doing has nothing to do with what God's doing. Amen. Because the Jewish religion is no better than the Muslim religion. Amen. It's false religion and it's the Jewish religion that crucified Jesus. How about we quit worrying about the euro and new currencies. Bitcoin and all this other stuff. Now, Jesus is going to come back for his people someday. It is called the rapture. I'm going to make a statement here. It is not the rapture of the church. It is the rapture of the saved. All saved people do not make up the church. There's no such thing as a universal church. That's Catholic. That's Calvinist. It's wrong doctrine. It is not the rapture of the church. It is the rapture of the saved. You will not find that term that it is the church being pulled out. It is the saved that are being pulled out. Everybody doing okay? So when people say the rapture of the church, they got a hole in their head. Just so you know. Other than their mouth and their ears. All right? Uh, it's not the rapture of the church, it's the rapture of the saved. God says that the rapture, the teaching of, and the thought of ought to encourage us. 
It ought to comfort us. As we look at how bad our world is getting today, I told a group of preachers yesterday, I said, maybe it won't be too long and we're going to blow this popsicle stand. I'm getting more and more encouraged about the rapture every day. I don't know about you, I get tired of these weirdos. They can't figure out if they're a man, a woman, or somewhere in between. They don't know what bathroom to go in. Amen, Brother Juan. Heard you went to the wrong bathroom on the way back home. Scared, scared half the women out of the restaurant, amen? Now, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I had to say it. Sorry. Are, are you blushing? I can't tell. You got too much sun this week. Now, wait a minute. Uh, the, the thought of Jesus coming back ought not scare anybody. It ought to comfort us. You say, well, what about my children? If they're younger than being able to understand the gospel, they're going with you. If they're old enough to understand the gospel, then they're saved, they're going with you. Don't worry. Now, number one, the rapture takes place before the Antichrist has any power. The rapture takes place before the Antichrist has any power. The rapture is what will precipitate the Antichrist to rise to power. Imagine millions and millions and millions of people, probably tens and maybe hundreds of millions of people, leaving this earth all at one moment. The chaos that will go because of it. There's going to need, by the way, in the last three years, you've heard this term more than you've heard in your entire life. Globalism. That is a word that scares me and excites me at the same time. You're now hearing liberals wanting to put a global tax on everybody. Welcome to the beginnings of a one world government. Now. We don't know when it will happen. But the Bible says that in the twinkling of an eye, in the split second, they've, got, they, they've registered things to where the twinkling of an eye is less than one one-thousandth of a second. It's going to be faster than all of a sudden it's going to happen, and you're going to be, what happened? <laughs> We're going to meet the Lord in the air, and it's even divided farther than that. The dead in Christ rise first. Why? Because they're six feet down lower, then they got to get up. There are soldiers that are buried at sea that are saved that need to come out from the depths of the oceans. It's amazing what's got to take place. Now, turn to Revelation chapter 5. I think maybe chapter four. I didn't write this down, so hang on. Chapter four. Revelation chapter four. Now, listen to me very carefully. Let me help you understand the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation starts in chapter one. Chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three talk about heaven, and it talks about seven different churches. Please listen to me. These are not church ages. These are seven independent local churches. I've heard people say, well, these are the church ages and we're in the Laodicea age. And no, it doesn't say church age. It says churches. 
And if you notice the wording there, it is churches, not, and then it mentions a church. And he's liking it unto, and this is all happening at one time. And he's describing the decline of churches in our countries and around the world and what takes place. But I want you to notice Revelation chapter 4, look at verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a what? Trumpet, Trumpet talking with me, which said what? Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now I want you to notice something. Keep your finger there in Revelation chapter 4. Go back to First Thessalonians 4. Look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a what? Shout. Shout. And with the voice of the archangel. And the what? Trump of God. Sounds an awful lot like Revelation chapter 4. The first voice which I heard were as of a trumpet talking with me. Which said, come up hither. That's a shout. Huh. So Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1, is the rapture in the book of Revelation. So you have these churches, and the, then you have the rapture. Then what takes place, you see for chapter 4, chapter uh, 5, you have the things that are going on in heaven. But then in chapter 6, you start a whole bunch of things that are happening here on earth. And from chapter 6 to about chapter 19 or 20, um, don't, don't turn there yet, just, just listen to me. All the things happening in the book of Revelation virtually are happening here on earth while we're up there for seven years. Amen. That's not what's taking place in heaven, that's what's taking place on earth. We don't have to worry about it. Amen. He, 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 he. Say, what are we doing? We're at the marriage feast of the Lamb. He will then have his bride. Yeah, we're going to eat pork chops and ham, ham hocks. We ain't eating no greens. Amen, Brother Jim. I'm not eating them slimy things in heaven. Amen. Good Lord. Hey, God knew what he was doing. He put the animals on the ark, not the plants. And God saved the pigs. Amen. That's right. Now. Hang on. <laughs> now, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, uh, so what you read in Revelation, sometimes there are things that's talking about what's going on in heaven, then on earth. Heaven, earth. Stuff in heaven, we're there for. Stuff on earth, we're still in heaven. And for seven years, we're at the marriage feast of the Lamb. We are going to go through the, the, the judgment seat of Christ. That's where we receive our crowns. Now listen to me very carefully. I preached a whole sermon on this. I'm not going to re-preach it. I'm only going to mention the truth. We will not throw our crowns at Jesus' feet. The word used is cast. The word cast implies going out to retrieve. When you go fishing, you don't throw your, cast your line out. And drop everything in the water and walk away. You throw it out there so that you bring something back. 
Just like when you're given a crown, you'll bow before the king and come back. Your crown will be your rank. That's what will you'll be given your duties for the millennium and you're earning your rank and your leadership to run the world government at the end of the seven-year tribulation when we come back with him to rule and reign on the earth. Now, I'm not going to go any farther with that. You say, well, preacher, it says cast him at his feet. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to kneel before him to get our crown and then we come back and we have our rank. That's where we get our leadership. That's where we get our duties. Now, we will meet Jesus in the air at the rapture. Glory to God. Uh, Now, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them. Who's them? The ones that were dead in the air. My mama's going to get out faster than me. Brother Jimbo's going to make it before me. And others. Anne's going to make it before me. <laughs> and she's going to say, Preacher, you were right. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I, I could go on and on and on and on. Sherry, your brother's going to meet us there. Thought about him the, this morning. You know, we're going to follow them. It doesn't say everybody that was in heaven is going to be there waiting on us. They'll be in heaven. Now, at the end of the seven years, after we've been in heaven, at the marriage feast of the Lamb, eaten for about three or four, five, six years, and no pounds gained. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, wait a minute. At the end of that, we come back with him on white horses. And the battle of Armageddon takes place in the valley of Megiddo, in northern Israel against the Russians and the Chinese and the eastern armies and the powers from the west against Europe. And the great army shall gather and Antichrist will rally them and Jesus will come back and with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with his tongue, he'll put them down and kill them all. And the Bible says that the blood will be to the bridle of a horse. The blood's going to be that deep. For, for hundreds of square miles. The Bible says that the animals that eat dead bodies will be so full they can't eat anymore. It's going to be one rotten, stinking mess. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> and Jesus says, Antichrist, I'm locking you in the pit of hell in a, in a, in a, in a eternal falling uh, bottomless pit for a thousand years and he locks it up and throws the antichrist in the bottomless pit and jesus sits on the temple mount in jerusalem at the seat of david at the throne of david and rules this world for one thousand years and we become the government with jesus all over this world i want the panhandle Number two, there will be great chaos that follows the rapture. There must be a total global uh, economic collapse before Antichrist can set up a one world government. 
our world is at the precipice of a global economic disaster. America is over $34 trillion in debt. You don't realize how much money that is. That You take the 334 million people in America, that's over $1 million per person in debt just to get back to zero. Now think through that for a second. There's only one way to get out of a global catastrophe like that, and that's to start over. The Antichrist will rise and say, I can get us through this. If everybody will just follow me. He'll begin to get food to people. He'll begin to get electricity and everything back on globally. And he'll set up a new global world system. There'll be no buying and selling with finances. They'll all do it with a mark, either in the forehead or in the hand. Say, well, they're, they're, they're putting, maybe it's one of these things like they put in a pet. I have no idea. Does it really matter? We're not going to be here. What are you worried about? We're so worried about things that we'll never be a part of. That's like me worrying about somebody's wedding that I'm not going to be in. Why would I worry about their wedding? Is all it is is a stand-up funeral. I mean, uh, <laughs> now, can you imagine... All the business, <laughs> can you imagine all the businesses affected by mortgages that go belly up with no payment because of rapture? Car payments, electric companies, water, all of that. Just imagine what would take place in one month with no payments by millions of people not pay, making payments. It would throw this country alone into global disaster. The Antichrist will rise and bring peace to the world. He'll explain away the rapture. Until COVID hit, we had no idea how it would take place. Now we do. Everybody hibernate. There's another disease out there. And all these people died. We had to just open other graves and throw their bodies in them. They'll explain the open graves by saying we had no other place to put them. Hibernate in your house. There'll be three and a half years of calm. By the way, I said this when COVID came out. COVID is the precursor to Antichrist. Does America have enough salt? Does the world have enough salt? Are there enough Christians who will stand against the devil and look how many churches shut their doors and some aren't even open today? There are churches all over our country that still won't even take an offering. They won't pass an offering plate. Say what? Oh, somebody might get sick. What did we do for the last 6,000 years? Good night. When I was a kid, they had chicken pox parties. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If one of your cousins got chicken pox, y'all went over and went to their house. Why are we going over there so you can get chicken pox? Oh, what's that? You'll find out. Ha, 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 ha. 
get it over with. Everybody doing all right? Somebody might get chicken pox. I lived through it. Most of us did. I had mumps. I lived through it. Christmas Day. Had them on both sides. Looked like a big old chipmunk. (laughs) Guess what? There's a lot worse things in life. But somebody might get sick as though they're not going to anyway. The whole world will reunite and unify under one government. Number three. The second half of the seven years here on earth are going to be God's wrath poured out upon the earth. There are 21 judgments that will take place in 36, about 42 months. That means every 60 days, a new judgment from God is going to fall from heaven. Imagine every 60 days, another judgment facing the earth. And in some of these judgments, nearly in in all, in 42 months, almost half of the world population will be destroyed. Imagine three billion people dying in three and a half years. (laughs) That makes COVID look like the cold virus that it is. Nearly half of the world population, nearly uh, nearly half of the world's uh, nature and water supplies and things will be destroyed and decimated in that three and a half years. People are going to be begging to die and cannot die. Now, there will be 144,000 soul winners that there'll be two witnesses that leave heaven and come to earth. They are two men that never died. Enoch and Elijah. They come back and they preach during the first uh, part of this uh, rev, uh, first part of the uh, the tribulation, and 144,000 Jews get saved. And they take the gospel around the world during this tribulation, trying to keep people from following the Antichrist and get saved. And for three days and three nights, their bodies will lay in the streets. And the major sewer lines of America called TV and Internet will show their bodies laying in the streets of Jerusalem dead for three days and three nights. But they get their own personal rapture. And on that fourth morning, Brother Enoch leans over to Brother Elijah and says, let's do this, brother. And they stand up and God takes them to heaven for the whole world to see on the national news. Can you imagine four, three bodies or two bodies laying there for three days and they're showing these dead bodies every day. They're leaving them there for people to see. And then all of a sudden, there they go. Mm -hmm. That would be fun to watch on TV. Then Armageddon. Let me say this. Armageddon is not the end war. That's not the end of time. It is the end of the tribulation. When Armageddon is over, the millennium begins. Now, I've got six or seven minutes. Here we go. 
we're on topside in heaven watching all this take place. We're taking care of business in heaven. We're getting our duties and getting lined up and being trained for the world government. And at Armageddon, we come back with Jesus. And then we take our places around the world and begin to run the world. Who are we going to run? The three or four billion people that are still left. We are going to be the world government run the way God intended for us to be run in Genesis. And God is going to bring things back to the way it was in Eden as far as the lion will lie down with a lamb. A child shall play on the hole of the cockatrice and the serpent will not bite them. The lion will eat grass like a cow. There'll be no more uh, of the violence that we see today and there'll be world peace and somebody will die at 100 years old and they'll say that was but a child. We're going to go back to the way it was in the early days of Genesis for 1,000 years. Now, <laughs> we're in heaven during this seven-year tribulation though. The wedding feast of the Lamb. That's when Jesus gets his bride. At that point in time, you could say all the churches together. And we become his bride. Right now, we're just betrothed to him. Then we become the bride. We spend the whole time at a church picnic. Uh, <laughs> but it won't be 100 degrees out in July. Amen? Whew, glory. It probably won't be under a tent. We receive our rewards. We receive our rank. May I say something? How about we do something so that when that time comes, we're doing something more than sweeping streets or cleaning toilets. But I'd rather clean toilets for Jesus than not be on the right side. But I don't know about you. I want something better for me during the thousand-year reign than cleaning toilets. I'd rather let the liberals do that. I got some people in mind to clean out septic tanks with their own toothbrush. We won't go there. They probably won't make it through Armageddon, so it won't matter. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. I'll read a couple few verses here. I'll probably shout for a second, and then we'll be done. Acts chapter 1. Now, I want you to understand Acts chapter 1. These are the very last words of Jesus while he was here on earth. This is after Calvary, after three days and three nights in the grave, after his resurrection, and right before he leaves after those 40 days to go back to heaven and roughly a week before Pentecost. These are the words of Jesus himself. Now, I want you to start with me in verse number uh, two. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father. Which, saith he, ye have heard of me. 
For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. That's where Acts chapter 2 comes in, where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, cloven tongues as of fire. When therefore, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now look at me. They were saying, Lord, are you going to set up your kingdom for the millennium now? Is this when you're going to go to the throne of David and rule and reign for a thousand years? Verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Wow. The last words that Jesus spoke. He said, not for you to know when that's going to be, just get busy getting the gospel out. And when he said that, a, he was taken up in the air in, a cl- in the clouds. Now watch this. This is where I'm going to shout. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Notice these next few words this same Jesus not another one not one coming in his name the very same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven kind of sounds like first Thessalonians chapter 4 For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord of the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. But I want you to notice something. It's not another Jesus. It's not one like him. It's the same one. And he even told his disciples, is this when the millennium is coming, Lord? Is this when you sit on the throne of David? And he said, it's not for you to know that. What you need to know is I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and be witnesses. Now get the gospel out so as many people on earth can get the gospel as possible. So what is our responsibility in reference to the rapture? Let's get the gospel out. How would you like to be the last person to open up a Bible and show some lost person how to get saved and they trust Christ as their Savior and the rapture takes place? Mm-hmm. That's enough to make you want to shout. How would you like to all be in church and all of a sudden <laughs> we're in the clouds with Jesus? Now some of you got the sleeping part down. You're going to be sleeping in church, Amen. Now, it's going to get, continue to get worse and worse until Jesus comes. It's not going to get better and better. 
He told us in 1 Timothy 2 and Titus chapter 2 and 3 and other places that it's going to get worse and worse. And people are going to believe strong delusion and we live in a delusional world. It's going to get harder and harder to stand for right but keep standing for right. I do believe it could happen in our lifetime. But the disciples were looking for it 2,000 years ago. I believe it's not long. The question is, are you ready? Are you going to be witnessing? Are you going to be living right? Or are you going to be screaming and hollering somebody? Are you going to be telling somebody about Jesus or giving them peace of your mind? Most of you can't afford to lose any. Don't give any away. Are we going to be uh, living like the devil or living for the Lord? God says, wherefore, comfort one another. We ought not be afraid. I'm not afraid of the rapture. I'd rather go by the uppertaker than the undertaker any day. I want somebody else putting clothes on me. Mm -mm, something ain't right about that. It just Something just doesn't sound right with that. But guess what? I don't care. I'm not going to be there anyway. Do what you want. Throw me in the pet crematorium out here and whatever. I don't give a rip. I'm going to be in heaven. The moment I take my last breath here, I'm going to smell for the first time up there again. I'm going to taste the food of heaven, and it's going to taste better than it's ever tasted to anybody else, I promise. Can I tell you something? Maybe I'll get to see colors the way you do. Uh, well, some of you. Can I tell you something? Why should we worry? Let's not speculate about what's going on down here. Let's let God take care of that. We're not going to be down here to worry about it anyway. Oh, is the answer? I don't know. I just know what we're supposed to do. Let's concern ourselves with what we do know, and let's not worry about what we don't know. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We ought to be encouraged. We ought to be comforted. I held my grandson this week. And I wondered what kind of country he has to grow up in. I made another promise to him this week. And I told him your papa is going to do everything he can to hand him a heritage, but it brings responsibility. His heritage will bring a responsibility to do something, not be honored because of the heritage. Are we willing to do the work until Jesus comes? If you've never been saved, come. We'll take the Bible and show you how to know to be saved.